0: Welcome to the Harrington Star Fintech Diversity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase the people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know that we need so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens. In these diversity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of Fintech, the Talent Surgery, the Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of them all, the Women of Fintech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me for more information to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through my LinkedIn or at nadia.edwards-dashdy at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today we are joined by Akita Somani, the Chief of Staff and the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Champion for Elevon. Elevon is a top five global payment provider and is an owned subsidiary of the US Bank. The U.S. Bank has repeatedly voted one of the world's most ethical companies in recent years. Akita has an amazing CV, having built her experience at Visa, HSBC, MasterCard, Citi, and BarclayCard, and is here to share her experience with us today. So welcome, it's great to have you on an episode, Akita. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me today, Nadia. So it would be wonderful if you could start off by telling us a bit more about Elevon. Sure. As you said, that Elevon is a top five
1: global payments provider. We have a significant presence in Europe across different countries, spanning UK, Ireland, Germany, Spain, Belgium, Nordics, and Sweden. And our philosophy is around being able to enable any size of business, right from small and micro businesses to mid-size and large corporates, be them international businesses or local corporates, in providing them with appropriate payment solutions to enable their business to grow. And therefore, we have a huge focus on innovation, growth, the right partnerships, and off late that's been demonstrated in the kind of acquisitions that we've made, most notably SagePay, which is now called Obeo. Oh brilliant.
0: So it sounds it sounds really exciting everything that you that you get involved in. It would be great just to hear a bit more about you and your journey, your career journey to your current position. Sure. So I'll talk a little bit about my journey
1: before I started my career as well. So uh, I was born in India, but I have spent my growing up years across Nigeria and in India. So that's where my multicultural exposure really started did all my education in India and started my career in banking right after my MBA. And um, the reason for getting into financial services in the first instance was that I wanted to create impact. I wanted to make a difference to how people interact with banking. And that's why I started in retail financial services. So I started with uh, a European bank called Avian Amro Bank based in India, and then moved on to Citibank in India. In a range of different roles across product management, uh, strategy, and even doing a chief of staff role. I then made a foray into the Middle East and worked with HSBC for a while in strategy. And thereafter, moved to London, um, worked for Barclays, uh, did a bit of a stint in Singapore, worked for Visa, and then back in London. Worked for MasterCard and currently with Elevon. So as you can see, lots of different geographies and lots of different companies doing very different things. But I think the one common thread to, to all of these was very multicultural global organizations and a breadth of interaction across different regions, different economic environments, different cultures, and just the diversity of backgrounds and experiences at these organizations has helped me in my career journey throughout, right? Whether it was straddling a bunch of different roles, ranging from product management and strategy to business development and sales, or whether it was learning more about the retail financial services space or payments in particular, or just meeting a whole different set of inspiring people. And then you begin to realize that inspiration comes not just from the top and not just from the leadership and political leaders that you see around you, but it also comes from all the other people that you work with because you have so much more to learn both in terms of developing business trends, but also in terms of cultures and how we think differently and how we bring creativity and innovation to the table.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that concept of you know, you you are inspired by everybody around you because they have so many different experiences. Um, I think that's a brilliant concept. Um, So it takes me quite nicely onto the next question. You know, as Chief of Staff and the DEI champion, what actually does your role entail day in, day out? So uh, I work as the Chief of Staff to the head of our
1: Elevon Merchant Services business across Europe. I work for a fantastic lady, Hannah Fitzsimons. And in that role, I look after a range of different strategic initiatives for our business growth. I look after employee engagement, which is really core to my heart in terms of driving the culture and the engagement with our employees. I also look at a range of compliance and risk issues for our business and our program management office. So that's what my chief of staff role constitutes. I think the two big parts of my role that I really enjoy is interacting with a range of different stakeholders because of the depth of the strategic initiatives that I'm engaged with. And the other part, like I said, is the whole ability to influence and impact the culture and the engagement within our organization. I have additionally had the opportunity and the privilege this year to be the diversity, equity and inclusion champion for the payments business of U.S. Bank globally. And in particular, I'm serving all the different business lines in Europe on our diversity, equity, and inclusion agenda. And the reason I say that it is a privilege is because this year, more than any others before us, has been challenging, to say the least, both in terms of how the pandemic has affected us, but all the other different things happening around the globe, whether it was the George Floyd killing... The recent unrest in Poland around women's rights. Mm. So there are so many things in our environment and context, which are forcing us to think about diversity, equity and inclusion ever more than before
0: yeah absolutely and it's, it's definitely um I, I really like the way you describe it as a privilege so i know you're very passionate about education educating people on unconscious bias and um, i want you to share a little bit of that with us please
1: sure so um what i have figured in all these years of working and especially at u.s bank where our culture is all about putting people first and drawing strength from diversity is that often we have the right intent as leaders to build not just diversity in terms of the backgrounds and experiences, but also a host of different factors, be it race or gender, ethnicity, um, and so on. We also try our level best to build an equitable and inclusive environment, both in terms of the opportunities available, the development opportunities, and meritocracy in terms of career progression and development. However, we all, because of either our upbringing or our exposure or our education, carry biases that prevent us from operating at an opportunity. Capacity when we interact with others from these diverse backgrounds. It's not something that we intentionally hold against somebody, but it's something that is subconsciously embedded in us just because of things that we have experienced and embedded into either our value system or our perception. Mm. And that is where the unconscious bias plays in. So, like I have heard a number of times recently, it's not enough to not discriminate against somebody, whether it be on account of race or be it on account of gender or sexual orientation. It's also important to start moving towards this other end of the spectrum, which is being an ally. And in order to make that journey, it is important for us to be aware of what are these unconscious biases that we hold. And often it may not be entirely possible to eliminate them, but the self-awareness and the ability to work with these biases and recognizing that they exist helps us attract, retain, and get the best out of a diverse set of teams.
0: A hundred percent. And I think the way that you've explained that is just so relatable because it's about us working at our optimum and it's about us being able to recognize our own behaviors first Um, so i think that that's really really helpful for everyone to hear now i know that you're a mentor too um, and you feel that that's incredibly important as do i so i wanted you just to share your thoughts on that as well please Sure. So um,
1: fortunately, because of my involvement with diversity and inclusion over a number of years, I've also been involved with a lot of organizations who focus on uh, gender and specifically women in financial services and women in payments. And as a result of that interaction and engagement and also being quite open about sharing my thoughts uh, about a number of different issues linked to that on public profiles, be it LinkedIn or elsewhere, I've had the opportunity to attract mentees from different fields within the broader industry that I work in. And for me, that's a very interesting relationship because often we think about mentorship as the mentors providing coaching to mentees and being able to guide them through their career journey. But having been both a mentee and a mentor, what I figured is that it's actually a give and take relationship. So while you use your experience and insights and the ability to look at a situation objectively and sitting outside of that situation, you're able to provide that kind of insight and guidance and also provide a sounding board to your mentee. I think the other important part of the relationship that we sometimes ignore or probably don't acknowledge enough, is that there's always something for us to learn from our mentees as well, whether it's in terms of new skills, because technology and the world is advancing really quickly. So there's always something new to learn from a mentee. But there's also that component of listening to their experiences and their career journey. You also get that degree of insight into how the work environment is changing and how you can enable this new workforce that is emerging.
0: And I think that's so, 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 so helpful and useful for us to hear that. And um, it takes me on to what what I want to ask next. Now, I am so passionate about us walking the talk and us being really focused on actions. Um, because I think that um, it's wonderful that, that, we're, that this is on the radar and that people are talking about this. But I think people like you, you know what needs to happen to ensure that the real change works. Um, so my question to you is, how do you think we can work towards a, a more diverse w- workforce moving forward? Um, and if you had to think about your walk the Talk top tips, like what would they be for our audience? I think the first
1: thing I would say is that diversity is not about ticking the box and it's not about quotas, right? We cannot build diversity through determining these are the uh, number of women we would hire or these are the number of BM colleagues that we would hire or uh, this is how we would distribute our population. Diversity is all about diversity of backgrounds and experiences, irrespective of ethnic origin, race, gender, and all those other factors, really. And therefore, what we should target to do is open up our perspectives. And what I mean by that is that we need to ensure that we look harder and wider in terms of inviting diverse candidates to interviews, or having diverse panels that interview those candidates, but most importantly, having a diverse leadership. The minute that you start to make a change at the leadership level and bring in diverse leaders, you start to see that those leaders think and behave differently, not just in terms of hiring a different set of talent, but the way they work and collaborate with their teams is also very different. So it's not just about a whole lot of diverse recruitment that is a part of it. And therefore it's important that we push all of ourselves harder to find that diverse candidate slate and ensure that we have a diverse panel interviewing all candidates, but making a change at the leadership level has a huge impact on how we build diversity. I think the other important components are equity and inclusion, right? We, can do a great job of building a diverse workforce, but the other important components are, are we educating and training our managers and leaders enough to recognize what it takes to retain and work with a diverse workforce, right? Be it in terms of unconscious bias that we just spoke about, be it in terms of cultural awareness, be it in terms of psychological safety, There are a lot of foundational elements that go into building that secure, safe, fair environment for all our colleagues where everyone feels not just protected and represented, but valued. And that's where the inclusion piece comes in. How do we value our people, right? Part of it is recognition. Part of it is celebrating our differences, right? Be it something as simple as, acknowledging and celebrating all the different festivals and holidays through the year, right? To actually embedding cultural awareness and therefore a sense of what I think is perfectly acceptable to say or to demand in terms of work requirements in my specific culture, may be perceived very differently by a colleague of mine, no matter how good my intentions are. Right, So that part about being recognized and valued is very important, and that is the end outcome for where diversity, equity, inclusion takes us.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's really clear for people to be able to take notes, take that away, think about how they can make that work within their business. That's really helpful. Thank you for that answer. And my last question to you is back about the company. What is next uh, on the horizon? So, um, like I said, we are a company
1: which believes in helping our uh, customers, our businesses grow with us and payments is one part of that journey. So for us, the journey ahead is about innovation, about serving our businesses, especially in the current environment as businesses transition into a different business model to help them survive what lies ahead of them or transitioning to online. So businesses that were traditionally brick and mortar moving to online or businesses that are currently operating or were operating in a physical environment and now need to transition to a remote environment. How do we enable those businesses to continue trading and continue growing? And as part of all of that is our engagement with our people, our employees, right? And how do we make them feel good about what they do and celebrate what we have in terms of our people, but also the community of businesses and the broader community that we operate in.
0: Well, that all sounds brilliant. And thank you for sharing so many Brilliant stories, so much experience, so much knowledge and so much actionable takeaway um, in this episode. It's been absolutely brilliant getting to know you and the business and thank you very much for sharing everything on the Women of FinTech podcast series today.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Nadia, and it was a pleasure to be able to share some of these insights with a broader audience.)